Little Heroes Comics is a UK-based charity that creates and distributes comic-making kits to children through hospitals and healthcare organisations across the UK, keeping them far from boredom and closer to creativity. Head to littleheroescomics.co.uk to find out how to donate and to help at this incredible charity today. One of the ways you can help them out and get some amazing all-age comics at the same time is by heading over to fairsparkbooks.co.uk. Nothing is more exciting than creating stories for kids and Fairspark Books bring you a whole host of them in different and exciting formats that are all aimed at encouraging imagination. You can find such titles as How to Make Comics with Springworth, Gallant Namos, Snuffy and Zoe, Megatomic Battle Rabbit, Leaf and so much more. Fairspark Books are partnered with Little Heroes Comics so a portion of the profits go towards their goal each year. Go to fairsparkbooks.co.uk and littleheroescomics.co.uk today to find out more. Little Heroes Comics. Bring a huge smile to comics creativity today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your host, Tom Stewart. With special guest, Rhys Jones. Today, just because I've been cooking out in the sun, actually, it's quite, been quite a relaxing day, to be fair, with the dogs and everything. I was just yeah. sauntering about, bumped into, uh, bumped into one of my, one of the people I work with, which I don't normally do on a day-to-day, I don't normally see them, but bumped into one and just had a wee wonder about her, because she was walking one of my dogs that I walk quite regularly, so she said, he knew you were coming, <laughs> and I was coming over the hill, and all of a sudden I just seen this wee white of a tail flashing and it's going the fuck and I just looked a wee bit over and here's this big lummox body going <laughs> I was like hey come here come on and she said he just suddenly stopped he was walking around and he just went <laughs> so I knew you were coming so where did we wander uh, but before that I was uh, saving lives no I, uh, I saw I saw, uh, I saw two hedgehogs um, down by, I pulled up to one of my customers. We saved the hedgehog the other week. Yeah, it was the first first pickups for the afternoon. I was I pulled up. I, I, I normally see my customer's car parked on the street, and I just looked up and I saw something down by a wheel, and I thought, oh God, I should drop something. I should come out of the car, kind of thing. I went to go up to go and get it. I thought I dropped like a glove or something like that, and then I just seen it move, and I went, oh fuck! So I went up, and it was just two wee tiny tiny toty hedgehogs underneath the wheel. They'd obviously just stuttered out and got lost, but they were just so quiet and just not really doing anything. I was trying to shift them and they were getting a wee bit defensive, and I was like, it's not like a hedgehog to get really defensive. Phone up the SSPCA. Oh, I just pop them in a wee box. They've maybe just got lost. Blah, blah. So I pop them in the box, and then I got a phone call about two minutes later being like, the officer's like round the corner, so if you just hang oh, right. fire. Yeah, I was like, it's just hang fire, she'll come and get you. I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's only waiting about ten That's minutes. Ideal. Yeah, it was only waiting about ten minutes, and she came round and she's like, "Come on, prickles!" <laughs> she 
picking them up and everything, being like, oh, they're gorgeous. It's like they're just dead young. So you can see it. Uh, she was right when you picked them up. Like when you saw their wee face, it was just like wouldn't even open their eyes. It was just tiny, tiny, totally. So she was like, they're fine. They're nice and healthy. They look good. She goes, there's not any fleas or anything on them. She says, so that's fine. I'll go and. All right. She goes, I'll take them back and until they're a wee bit more grown up and then we'll release them out. I was like. That's good. No, that is good. We had to wait a couple of hours. But we were at the house though, so it was fine. That's what she said. She <coughs> said it could be a couple of hours yet. Is that is that okay? I was like, Well, I'll just I said I'll drive about with them in the van. It's not like they're going anywhere, you know. I said they were just sitting there anyway. So they're just doing the same. I said they're not taking any water or anything. I said, so um I'll just keep an eye on them and if I have to go out in the van, I said I've got air conditioning and stuff in the van so I can just pop them in one of the kennels or whatever. She said, Oh, that's great. And I said, just so just give me a phone. And she phoned back about two minutes later saying that they were only about ten minutes away. I was like, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I was driving down my street and coming over from work and just seeing this brown lump in the road. <laughs> and, oh, fuck. I mean, thinking somebody's hit it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just lying there dead. But uh, <clears throat> went and parked the car and the driving and came back up and seen him sort of tottering and uh, he was all like gunky. <clears throat> so from the SSPCA, put them in the box, took them to the house, and uh, turned up and uh, said, "Oh, he'll be fine. He's got lungworm. It's mm. so, uh, rat lungworms. What you get from eating slugs? Uh, well, it's what hedgehogs get from yeah, eating slugs. Slug. Is that what it's what that Australian kid had? Do you remember reading about that Australian kid back in like two thousand seven, eight, nine, something like that? He was seventeen years old and for a day, he just like ate a slug because he thought it'd be a laugh." And it's like the chances of of it getting because what happens is like it comes from rats they you know like slugs will eat yeah. rats um, uh, droppings yeah. yeah and then they develop this thing and then you know this the hedgehog eats the slug and then it gets this lungworm thing yeah but it's common in hedgehogs so the guy was like oh we'll take him back give him a bit of medicine and then give him a couple of days and he'll be you know right right, right. Um, <clears throat> but this this Australian kid like he ate a he was seventeen years old or something like that. And he ate a slug on a dare. So it was like crawling across the table. And uh, I was paralysed for like 10 years or something like that. And then he passed away just last year. I don't know it's horribly it. depressing though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I mean yeah. like 17 years One old. Thing like that. He had his whole life ahead of him. Mate, I was genuinely like retching crying today properly. Uh, because I listened to an episode of Griefcast. And it was a, a music journalist was on it and he lost his two-year-old daughter to a complete freak accident. They were, they left the, they left their daughter with their, well, his mother-in-law, but the, the, the grandmother. They went away for a walk around the block. They went to the retirement centre and were sitting down speaking to all the retirees at the retirement centre and a brick fell off from the wind from one of the windows. Really? And smashed her skull in. What the fuck? I'd even there's nothing and he said himself as he was going through it, he's like, We could either spend the rest of our lives scared of everything or just get on with it yeah. and accept it for what it was. Yeah. Now just that, like how can that gen that genuinely is somebody with their whole life ahead of them. Yeah. Their entire life yeah, ahead entire of them. Life, yeah. That's not like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Such a freak yeah. thing, like you're saying. Like, 
what the f- like how anybody could ever believe that there is some sort of higher power when there's when shit like so that random, when there's yeah, shit like that so happens random. it just doesn't make any sense so to me. intricate that you I, know. I mean I get it yeah. people believe in higher powers because they need more of a purpose and they want more in life yeah, like because otherwise otherwise yeah. what's the fucking point for some yeah. folk and genuinely people just believe in that shit that's that's fine like good good for them but I hear about shit like that and some boy getting fucking paralysed with a fucking slog and instantaneously go there's nothing looking out for us it's all fucking random chance so it's just total chaos yeah yeah. it's just all random chance we're all just things surviving until we fucking die like that's it yeah some I don't know who it was I don't know if it was a comedian or a philosopher or whatever said something like about the fact like the, the proof of the there not being a higher power is you know is is you see it every day, and you know there's certain things that are so intricate and so complex that you no know, like, like the the breeding patterns of like wasps and stuff like that. I, why would why would God sit and go right? Okay, they're gonna do this and they're gonna plant an egg in in a in you know they're gonna plant a parasite in the in the body of another insect and then that insect then gives birth to the thing and that and then eats the insect that's just given birth and it goes back. He's like no, like no, mm-hmm. no. He didn't sit and write that down. It's just total random. Yep. It's totally random. See the the, the bad the, the part about that Australian kid that ate the slug right. It's a stupid thing to do, right? It is. But the, the chances of him being paralysed were so slim as well. That was yeah. the thing. And he, he's just fucking slipped through the, the, the fucking, you know, the, the crack of the, this possibility. And it usually, like, people... It's happened to people before with the eight slugs or whatever and they've got this rat lungworm. Because it's not just from slugs. You can get it from certain things, uh, certain other things as well. Like yeah. fruits and stuff like that because of, you know, insects. And, yeah. You know, because they hang about fruit and that. Yeah. Um, you can get you can get it from that <laughs> hang about fruit, and it just passes through you. But this, it just I don't know. It, it's something to do with like it affected his spinal cord or something like that, and then that was it. And fucking ten years, man, like ten years to then just die. Do you know what I mean? Just like if that was me, kill me straight away, <laughs> straight yeah. away. Oh, he's paralyzed. Right, fucking pull the plug straight yeah. away. Yep. Do you know what I mean? No question about it. Yeah. Because it, there was there was a picture of him like in the wheelchair and that with his mom. And like, like seeing him, you know, because you see a picture of him from before, mm. and then obviously like the total change, and it's it's horrible to look at. But then you see his mum, and you just think, fucking hell, like what has she been through? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because he he barely knows what he's what he's up to, but yeah. she's she's lived through the whole thing. And it's funny, it's the same with that that story. Person that the person that I never thought about in that whole story with that wee girl, and then they came to it near the end was the gran. Yeah, who was there? Yeah, and a little bit hit her leg, and that's when she was like, "Oh!" And then she turned around. Bit and of what? Like the the the, the brick, brick yeah. right? Okay. The one bit hit not kid, and one bit hit her. It was like a bit of the size of a fist fell off. Oh right, okay. And Is that a coping mechanism for people to listen to other people's stories of grief? Probably to then be able to cope with their own grief. It's helped me. Yeah, <laughs> something fierce. Because uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always nice to know. Like, if you if you're going through something shit, it's always nice to know somebody else is going through some shit as well. That's how she finishes it. She always says, "You are not alone." Yeah. At the end of it, and you're like, yeah. "Fucking right." Which is weird. It's like I'm having a really shit day, but you know that guy's having a really shit day because yeah. you know, and it's like good. But why? <laughs> I was listening to something something else, as well, something completely different, and it was somebody saying no, like, completely different. "Yeah," and it was something like. 
it was somebody saying like never ever get angry at anybody at a hospital because you never know what that person is going through at that time like they're at a hospital why yeah. else would they be at a hospital but forget the hospital though no but but specifically specifically yeah, yeah. but I mean at the same time you know sure, yeah but they were the they, street, they, they could be coming from the hospital yeah they did elaborate on that from yeah, there yeah, like yeah. you don't know where these people have been you don't yeah. know what's been going on like somebody gets pissed off at you you should maybe either try to talk to them or just ignore it. Because those two, one will either help or one will maybe just calm things down. If you react to it and go crazy at somebody, that's just going to add to the fucking shit yeah. they've already been on. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll well, tell you who was having a bad day the other day. The taxi driver that decided to roll down his window and shout at me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. It was brilliant because... It was uh, like uh, right. I'll put my hand up here. I went through a pedestrian zone, right? But that's not his problem. He's not. He wasn't making a civil arrest or anything like that. He, <laughs> you know I mean? he just he just piled that on top. <laughs> he parked the car over and then stood right. at the back of it, going, "You're going nowhere." <laughs> like he brought that up as well when he was shouting at me. He was not. He was obviously like he was obviously having a bad day. Yeah, and he just like you know because. He what the fuck's he thought, Yeah, he just thought he would take it out on me. No, he wasn't shouting. He wasn't shouting at me because I went through a pedestrian zone. He piled that on top of what he was shouting at before. Right. But again, like I was like, "What are you going to do? Make a citizen's arrest?" Like fucking the, the pedestrian zone's got fuck all to do with you, mate. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And fair enough, you know, I did. So I'm turning right on that road, and you know how that then goes into two lanes. So yeah. you've got the lane where the buses stop, and then yeah, but it, it, you know, it's two lanes. Mm-hmm. But I, every time I go there, I always go in the right-hand lane because you're just going to get stopped behind a bus. Yep. So just go ahead, then move over. But in actual fact, I was going right because I was coming home. So I was actually going that way anyway. Right. So I'm, I'm coming round. And I've seen him, like, just in my, you know, my wing mirror. But I've seen him. And he's, like, so I'm here. And I can see him on my wing mirror. I can see his whole car in my wing mirror, right, because he's trying to get past me. Yeah. So he's obviously somehow assumed that I'm going into the left-hand lane without me even even getting a chance to get to the to the lanes. Yeah. And then I go, obviously, I then go, and he realises, no, he's going in the right hand, so he fucking beeps his horn at me. So he's trying to get past. And then, when we get past the buses, he fucking undercuts me, and then the pedestrian crossing further up goes red, so we both have to stop. And he rolls down his window, you fucking cut, you fucking go, do you fucking pick your lane, eh? And my reaction was just, why are you shouting? (laughs) (laughs) That would piss them off so much more. Why are you shouting at me? I was like, why are you shouting? Is that you? I first of all, you went through a pedestrian zone. Then you're fucking not picking your lane. I was like, mate, why are you shouting? <laughs> and then, and then, when the light went green, he fucking floored it. He was doing yeah. sixty up that road. And, and you're like, going, you're just. I'm the dangerous <laughs> one. I'm the dangerous <laughs> one. <laughs> I mean, you know, that. poor bloke. He must be having a really shit yeah, day, yeah, like yeah. to be in that kind of mood. Yeah, he's maybe just permanently like that. Yeah. He's maybe just constantly out in the room being like, I fucking hate these people! <laughs> right, we're going to talk some comics. Yeah, Have you actually got right. all three of them there? Yeah, all three. So what one do you want to talk about first? We'll save Watchmen to last, considering yeah. we both got it. Yeah. Okay, the three that you went with were uh, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller and... Well, Frank Miller. <laughs> it was essentially, but it's Frank Miller and... With Klaus Janssen. Klaus Janssen. And Lynn Varley. Um, uh, Guardian Devil with Joe Casada and Kevin Smith. Yeah. And Watchmen, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Fucking yas! You picked three of the biggest 
wordiest t- titles that you could. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're actually like, I would say they're pretty big touchstones. Probably Watchmen, <coughs> Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns more so, but it's actually quite funny because Dark Knight Returns very much influences where Guardian Devil goes. Because Kev had been away from comics for a very long time. Uh, and that might fall apart, so just watch. Right. Um, Kev had been away from comics for a very long time, and then his mate, Walter Flanagan, introduces him to Dark Knight Returns, and then comics comes back a-flooding for him. Mm. And then you skip to, like, ten years later, and he's fucking doing Guardian Devil, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. doing all the films, and he's doing, like, Guardian Devil and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> so it very much influences that, in a way, and how he writes it, and all that kind of stuff, you know? And you can tell, because fuck me, that is one wordy tome. That thing, Guardian Devil. Yeah, Guardian Devil. Kev, Kev, even I mean, there's there's writing in in every available space. It's ridiculous. I um, it's great. I enjoy a lot of the writing, but my god, there's there's an element of show don't tell in comics. And you know what though, there is, but genuinely. I read this thing, and it's a, it's a page turner. It's a real page turner, and you know what? Like all the words and like you're saying that you know show don't tell and all that. But I genuinely didn't notice. I I just flicked through the. I went through this thing like a like a madman. Like yeah. I just I just got through it so quickly because I just loved every second of it. Like it, it's. And you got through that quite pacey. Didn't yeah, you? Um, you know. Whereas I kind of I took my time with um, Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen. Watchmen particularly, I kind of, you know, put it down for a bit and then read some other stuff and then and then actually went back right, to it. Okay. I didn't do it in a in a, in a one oh, in a one whole thing. Um, <laughs> but Guardian Devil, I, I couldn't put it down. I, I just, yeah, it was great. Um, I've said this to you before. It it's reading this was like watching a film. Mm. It just the pacing is just so good. It just flows so well together. And like I say, it, yeah, just page turner, man. Like it just—it's quite funny when you say that, though, and then you think about the fact that it is Kev. It is Kev, yeah, I and know. Joe Casada, who's you know had a uh, uh, he's like editor in chief at Marvel, and uh, you know the head of fucking Marvel Entertainment with all the Daredevil shows and Jessica yeah. Jones and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rest in peace. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix, Marvel, R.I.P. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was just like a film. It was just like just something happens every page. The story's intriguing. You know, you really want to know where it goes. The reveal at the end, you know, with it being Mysterio, was just incredible. There's like a spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, there is there's an all star cast. You know, there's some uh, familiar moments. There's somebody who's. Uh, uh, you know, watched the TV show and sadly seen the Ben Affleck film. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got it's an all-star cast. Like you know, Doctor Strange turns up at one point because he oh, wants to see how him. amazing is those pages? Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Black Widow as well. It's just yeah, the Doctor Strange stuff. <clears throat> I I was really taken by. He knows how to draw Doctor Strange. He really gets to play with a lot of the Marvel yeah. pantheon. In a way, yeah. I mean, he gets Mysterio, he gets all of 
uh, Daredevil's characters. I mean, he gets like Kingpin, he gets Bullseye, um, he gets some heavy hitters. He gets to play with Black Widow. Um, you got Spider Man in there. Um, yeah, does Spider Man turn up in this again? Yeah, he does. Last issue. Near the end. Yep. Um, Last issue. Well, this was the out of the three that we're talking about today. This was the the first one I read. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a reason that I picked these three. <coughs> so the first time we did this, we talked about the first, literally the first three comics that I read. So that those were the first three. Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, Daredevil Yellow and, and Born Again. Born Again, yeah. Um, but these three, since then, you know, I've read a fair few. Not not like, you know, not like a mountain of comics. No, but did you read them straight after those three? Originally? What, the ones that we're talking about today? Yeah, did you read them straight after the last three? No. Or had you read other ones in no, between? No, I'd read them? other ones in between oh, okay. all of them. Right. That's what I mean, like... Uh, this. So you're off and running. I read, uh, I read um, other comics in between, um, you know, some X Men comics and stuff like that, uh, and some other Batman ones as well that you gave me, because that was you gave me three Batman ones, and that was, or well, you gave me three DC ones. So the reason that I've picked these three to talk about today is because out of all the comics that I've read, these are my three favourites ah. so far. Okay. Because there's mu- there's much more comics to be read. Like I said, I haven't read a mountain of comics, but I've read a fair few now. Yeah. And these are my three favourites. And like, it's funny that you're saying... I mean, is that going to say something about me as a person? Because you're saying these three are like the wordiest, you know. No, uh, not at all. They are... It, but but, but there's, are, there's definitely a thread. They are, these are the ones that I think... Maybe not so much Guardian Devil. No, uh, although, I de- yeah. I, although, I don't know. Um, but I honestly think these are the ones that if you say to other people like or read comic books if you name the titles of them they might be able to be like oh I've heard of that or whatever because they've also kind of got like movies and TV shows after them as well so you you know a lot of the material within them you know what I mean Um, and the writers are huge I mean fucking Alan Moore Frank Miller and Kevin Smith I mean yeah. fucking hell yeah. that's three yeah. heavy hitters you know what I mean there's definitely uh, there's definitely similarities between Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. definitely in tone tone's very similar I feel okay um, what's the what's the what's the year difference between those two I knew you were going to fucking ask that <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you should have prepared I can't actually because this one uh, Guardian Devil's quite I say recent, but you know, last twenty years, isn't it? Like early two thousands. Watchmen's eighty six, and return <laughs> same year. Oh really? Yeah, eighty six. Yeah, that Doctor Strange page, page. page. For the first wee while, he's not got his face either. Yeah. It's just fucking all dark and yeah. and like yeah. he's proper going for it. It's just great. Uh, so as I was saying, yeah, so these, art, man. these three are definitely the. My three favourite that I've read since starting to read comics. Yeah, like I said, I mean, would you say that, you know, like these three, being a fan of these three Uh and these considered my favourite, you know, does that say something about about me? In that I've I've, I've picked specifically these three and there may be a thread running through them or. If I have learned anything, mate, it's that no books really tell anybody's tastes unless they're. 
unless it's followed up by like a whole collection of the same similar stuff. Right. Like, I'm a fan of these three, big time. Yeah. And yet my taste differs so much. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. I suppose it's just because I've not the the fact that you've gravitated towards them quite early might just show that you have good taste. I don't yeah. Know. There's, I mean, they're, they're good books. Yeah. There's undoubtedly... But being handed them, though, that's the thing as well, is I'm being handed them by, you know, yourself, uh, you know, my other friend. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm... Are <laughs> my taste being swayed? You know, maybe... Do I need to, like, go out on my own for a bit to really find my... Find my, um... Find my taste? Have you... <clears throat> have you found yourself... Trying to find stuff yet? I, I, I wanted to. I wanted to know that. Um. Not. Not particularly. Um. I picked up a few myself, and I've been gifted a few. Um. So what kind of things? Like, what have you? What else have you been gifted, and what else have you picked up? Recently, I picked up. <laughs> I seen it. I, I I was at a car boot sale, and I seen it, and I just thought, yeah, it looks fun to put it. I think it was like right. two quid or something like that. Um, for a Deadpool versus the Punisher graphic oh, novel. Nice. And uh, I haven't actually read that yet. It's been sat on the shelf because I've been reading other stuff. Um, so I picked that up myself just because I see that. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm familiar with those two characters. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I haven't really been looking too much myself. Um, I do. I do now look like, like I say, when I'm at the car boot sale or I'm at a place where, you know, like it's not that I really go into charity shops, but if I happen to be in a charity shop you know I would have a look um, but you especially at the car boot you store. wouldn't go to a bookshop and you wouldn't gravitate towards a comic shop if you went past it no because I don't really go to bookshops <laughs> right um, yeah I suppose I suppose I have just been really reading stuff that people have been given given me okay maybe there's time for that though um yeah, I mean, this was this was, the Guardian Devil was a really good one because, like you say, there's this. I said it before. There's an all star cast in here. Yeah, there's so many recognisable characters, you know, that might oh. just pop in for a little bit. You mentioned <laughs> uh, you mentioned Spider Man turning up, mm-hmm. and I found that bit while you were away, and that bit, it totally just like made me remember that reading that bit for the first time, and it's fucking it's heartbreaking. It's pretty brutal, isn't it? It's brutal, yeah, because it's it's after Karen's died, and Matt's uh, Daredevil's up, you know, sitting sitting on a roof somewhere and he's reflecting trying to find it now but I can't um, reflecting Daredevil you know, on, on her uh, <laughs> you're joking <laughs> but I never guessed uh, he reflected on her death and Spidey turns up and you know offers him some advice but there's a there's a, a, a panel where he is saying you know I've been through that as well and there's like a faint faint drawing like down memory. the building of Gwen falling and you can see the uh, the the silhouette of um, the Green Goblin over the, the moon. Hmm? Yeah, I'm I don't to notice f- that. I'm trying to find it now. Uh, I noticed the Gwen stuff, obviously. But and I then noticed Green Goblin. And then Daredevil says, "Well, I've actually been through it before." And it's, it's actually near the end. You, yeah, like, you're no. talking like really, really far in. It's not that far. Oh, oh, there, there we go. Yeah, I found it. There it is. Yeah. There we go. All right. Oh yeah, I never noticed that. And then he mentions I've been through it before, because it's um, Bill's Eye killing. Uh, what's Karen, her name again? Karen Page. No, uh, 
What's her name again? Electra. So oh, right. Yeah. That's a good katana there, but yeah, that's yeah, DC. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, Bullseye killing Electra because he said, I've been through it before. Yeah. But when, you know, uh, when someone dies after lead, leading a reckless life that inevitably catches up with them, you learn to sleep and die, I guess. But Karen obviously wasn't that kind of person. She was a, she was an innocent caught up in it, so it's a bit harder for him to deal with. Yeah, that shit's uh, that shit's brutal. Some good visuals of Mysterio. Like. Yeah, Mysterio's so much sinister, so much more sinister in this though. He is, he is. I mean, that's I what I was going to say. This is presented uh, this book in particular because, like I said, there's maybe a, a thread running through these and Watchmen and uh, and uh, Dark Knight uh, Returns. Are <laughs> they're quite depressing? Yeah, they're quite dour. They're quite you know really dark in, in tone. Oh, yeah, this is presented very colourful and very you know in your face, and there's so much happening on the pages. But really, you know, when you really you know when you actually sort of dig into the story, it's really quite horrible. It's mm-hmm. quite brutal mm-hmm. what Mysterio does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the he tries uh, to drive the, him mental. With the yeah, he tries to drive him mental, but also. Uh, I'm struggling to remember the details now, but well, isn't, there dying. isn't there something about the girl with the baby? Was she not raped? And it was it him that raped her, or was it somebody else? Because she thinks she's a. God, I read it not long ago as well. I can't remember. She thinks she's an angel or something like that. Or she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't think he. No, he sends her. Oh, at the start, she because, says that it's immaculate conception. Yeah, but he sends her to say that <sighs> because he knows that uh, he would catch his attention using religious. Yeah. Uh, religious things, yeah. Um, the whole reason he was, the whole reason he was basically doing it, is just because it wasn't his Spider-Man. It's like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't, take oh yeah, down my, I couldn't take down my Spider-Man because he was different, and it's because it was at the time the Clone Saga was going on. So yeah, so he was gone, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he's like, so I wasn't going to take it on him, but. You're here, so yeah. I thought I'd do it to you yeah, instead. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And it's like, fucking hell. This is where it's explaining, actually. I've just found it. So, it's showing that he's truly... The Clone Saga, what? That's with... Is that with Ben Riley? Am I right there? I don't know. My Spider-Man knowledge is very... Very, very slim. I really, like, honestly... I, I, I picked know. up on a few references as well, actually. One of the biggest Spidey heads. References to different char- characters and things yeah. like that that I picked up on when I was reading it. Um, but you know some of them can be quite hidden the page I've, just, where I've, I've just picked that up because uh, I've just flicked to a page where um, Mysterious got all these costumes Mysterious got all these costumes and there's a Galactus head Galactus head oh, there's yeah. loads of stuff in that yeah as you know Spidey's my favourite my absolute favourite and there's a lot of Spidey comics that I do want to read a lot of the big ones um, just to sort of get a bit more knowledge on, on his background so but you know what I mean that's that's one thing that you, you know you said are you going into comic shops and that you know, I've been into Forbidden Planet uh, when I've been through in Glasgow or Edinburgh or whatever. I've been in, or I've been into, you know, just like even like a Waterstones or whatever. Um, like I said, I don't go into these places often, but if I do, and I, I have looked at the Spider Man stuff, mm-hmm. and they're it's so expensive. Uh, so I'm, I'm so I'm sort of you know kind of putting it on a wish list, hoping that you know when my when my uh, Christmas or birthday rolls around, you know, drop <coughs> 30 quid on a book for yeah. me, you know. You can, um, that's the problem with the big two stuff, it's too expensive. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Guardian Devil, overall. Yeah, well, I just, quickly, just want to mention. Also, the art doesn't feel dated to you. Absolutely not. No chance. 
Have you read because a lot, have you read a lot of stuff that's up to date though? Uh oh, I read this. Um, oh, I read this. It was just a it was just a little issue. Um, it must just just been a one time thing that I got uh, uh, got gifted to me. It was like a Venom and Carnage one. Okay. And uh, fucking, you get like a hundred fucking twenty million fucking <laughs> Carnage and Venom things these days. It's ridiculous. And uh, uh, like I read it in like uh, it took me about half an hour to read. Like well, if that, but that's me like not even paying attention. I could have read it yeah. quicker if I wanted there's to. Sh- there's show don't tell, and then there's literally just. Just fucking do some art and <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll write yeah. some words, I guess, yeah. maybe. But but that was, I think, the essentially the the plot was there was a there was a baby. I thought you were just going to say the plot was non-existent. There was a, uh, a, a symbiote, like an offspring symbiote of Venom and Carnage got into this woman who was pregnant and the baby was going to be the next symbiote heir. Carnage wanted to kill it. Venom wanted to preserve it. And they have a fight about it. And Spider-Man gets involved at some point, And so does Black Cat. And that was... Okay, we're talking modern here. <laughs> I just looked up at your face. So fucking... That is, is modern. Uh, I, I say, like, if it's classed as modern, I think it was like 2006, 2007, 2008. Okay. Around that time. And the artwork... Even though, you know, this came out, what, 2002 or 1 or 2000 or whatever. Did it? It was, I think it was early 2000s. Um, I'll try and find a date. But anyway, that was, you know, uh, more recent, but it was very, uh, it was very 2003. That was more recent, uh, a lot more recent than this, but the, the artwork, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got different artists and different styles and that as well. So you, we can't really put them next to each other. But it was very computerised. It was very, you know, it was a kind of like 3D uh, imaging. Oh. Rather than, it was like, it, some of it was drawn, but some of it was like 3D imaging. You know how like cartoons these days, you ever like watched like new episodes of Scooby-Doo? No. And you look at it and it's like, that's not, they've not drawn that. That's just fucking, they've just typed Scooby-Doo into a computer. <laughs> And the computers went, yeah, okay, here you go. Here's an episode of Scooby-Doo. We've just made it. You know, they've just made an algorithm that just makes Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really weird. It's like, there's it's no, like you're fucking, if you watch a new episode of Sco- Scooby-Doo, it's ab- like you're tripping balls, man. Because it's like. There's absolutely no soul to it. Yeah, it's yeah. Because you watch an old episode of Scooby-Doo and it's old. It is old. But it still, it still holds up. Despite the fact yeah. that they used the same running scene. Yeah, also they were still banging them out kind of like what they were doing yeah, yeah. they were yeah. just being like right sales fucking done boof well, it's never been off the air no it's not it's not um, right. but nowadays it's like it's like you have to actually sit back and sort of take it in because it's running at like 60 fps and you're like I don't know what's going on <laughs> it's just moving so quickly it's like fucking watching Transformers in five minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um, Michael Bay's Transformers injected uh, into your eyeballs yeah what's, what's the thing again the, the with the tie down and the Brainwashing, like that. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, like, like clockwork orange. Yeah, clockwork orange with your eyes. Open the matchsticks. But yeah, so it, it was like that. It was like three D imaging crossed with a bit of drawing, and it was like the background was drawn. Like the characters on top were like it was really weird artwork. It, it, it really weird artwork, and it was like I mean I was two pages in and awesome. I was like I don't like this. So 
uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's dated. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, it's funny because you know we, we established that it was made into it was released in two thousand three. I think the the um, that I don't think it is dated, but you can tell by looking at it that you know you don't have to know it's two thousand three to to see that it's the early two thousands. Just because of just like what people are wearing, you know, what they've drawn them wearing, right. just their, their hairstyles, the way they look, also like just the character designs in general, like. It's very built up. Yeah, yeah, there's and there's, I mean, on. Black Widow is. You we're know. out of we're out of the nineties stage of. Like, have you seen Deadpool, sort of X Force era, when he was first kind of coming about, and all the pouches and everything. And oh like, right, yeah, and then it's just streamlined fucking, down to like. I don't know. It's just it's so overly complicated. It's ridiculous, and they've all got to have fucking weapons popping out their ears and yeah, stuff, and yeah. they just look huge, and there's a lot going on, and. It's that kind of image era, like coming out. Whereas, that's kind of just stepping off of that and and not being as complicated, but still keeping a bit of mm. like there's a lot going on sort of thing. Mm. Like a lot of the scenes with Mysterio and all the smoke and stuff. I mean, it looked great, but you are kind of like, fuck. There's a lot going on in this page, man. Especially yeah. with the Doctor. There Strange is a lot going well. on, yeah. But it's great. I mean, uh, like here, I've just flicked to this page there with Matt Murdock holding the baby, and. He's not in his Daredevil get up, and he's in his like you know lawyer outfit, and the trousers are you know very very baggy, <laughs> and then the next uh, the next literally the next page he and Black Widow are in their outfits and they're you know every crease yeah. of their bodies I can see because it's just perfectly wrapped around yeah and you know Black Widow yeah she's very you know big old lips big old breasts and yeah. it's just very yeah. She looks. The, she always looks seductive. We're coming out of the nineties, but we're still very much firmly cemented in that um, sensibility-wise. Yeah. Oh look, there's a Howard the Duck toy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Little references like that. I quite like that. There is not a page on here where Black Widow doesn't look seductive. You know, it's like. Yeah, we're kind of moving past that now, which is good. You know, but anyway, whatever. We're all getting to that. Cool. Um, yeah, very good. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I mean, the thing, the, the main thing that I want to take away from this is that literally reading this was like watching a film just play out in front of me, like it's, a flicker book. It's funny though because you you were like, oh, the words don't hinder, and yet Kev, I think himself, says that he's like that fucking book is filled with some words. Man. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, how fucking self-important was I just to like be like, I've got to get my mark on this, like every single one of them. You know, what I really liked about them is uh, the covers. Yeah, covers are really nice. Yeah, <laughs> covers are really really nice, especially that one where he's holding Karen Page, the red like the the black with the red. That one. Oh yeah, that's a. Uh, I think that's a Palmiati one as well. Just that like all the, all the black and it's just the red and and then she's he's white. all in red and she's white. Yeah, it's so minimalistic but fucking beautiful. So good, so so good. Uh, right, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, it's good. So positive so far. Positive so far. Yeah. And you yeah. said favourites, so it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Right. So there's no negatives here. Dark Knight Returns, sir. <laughs> yeah, so now we're, we're going back to 1986. And we're going to get. Now, if we, we want to talk about dated um, visuals, this does have very dated visuals, I think. But it plays in its favour, I feel. It's early Frank Miller and 
close to it. It's definitely, a, like the, like I said, the visuals are definitely a product of, it, of its time. But, you know, this is the guy that's behind Sin City 300. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that, he, that definitely shows. He did go on to, yeah. to uh, sequelize this as well. So I, I just want to say that, that that's not a negative. No. You know. So yeah, Dark Knight Returns. So this one, like I said, this and Watchmen, I definitely, after, you know, when reading Watchmen, because I'd, I'd read this one first, uh, when I was reading Watchmen, I was taken aback, um, you know, and thought a lot about this whilst reading Watchmen, because they are very similar. And it's funny that they came out around the same time. Just in tone, or...? In tone, yeah, definitely. But also, there's the certain same. things. Because uh, one of the parts that I really loved about this book was... I, I, I love Batman in this. Yeah. I, I absolutely... I love him. I think he's just... I think he's brilliant. Old. Old. Grizzled. Yeah, grizzled. Like, really hardened. Like, really just... I like him. And I love... I, but he is really old and hardened and, and grizzled. But then... When he kind of gets beaten, and uh, the new Robin turns up, and because obviously he's very fucking jaded and he's lost, you know, Robins in the past. It's like because he's beaten and he's like he's been battered, and she turns up and he's like he thinks that it's you know I don't know I can't remember which one he thinks it is it's Jason or whoever I think that's what dates it. Really? Is because it literally is just it's on the death of Jason Todd, right? And there's no mention of any other Robins except from Dick, right? And he just says, "Oh, I've not spoken to him in years," and that's it. Yeah. There's been other Robins since yeah. then. There's been Damien. There's been Tim, uh, and there's obviously Kara Kelly comes along at that point. But there's been. Uh, I didn't know. But but before been... reading this, I didn't know there was a female Robin. But that's the only one. Right. That's, that's the only female Robin there's been. Right. And then that. She's great. Yeah, she is. Kelly, I, 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 I think she's brilliant. She looks amazing. She looks great. Yeah, the outfit looks great, and and I just genuinely really liked her as a character. Like when yeah. she turned up, I was really pleased, and I liked that bit where she sort of saved him, and he thought that it was Jason, but it but it wasn't. You know, and he, he really took to her because of that, and then you know he started traveling with her. I, I, yeah, I thought I thought that was great. Um, one of the things that I really liked in this was. The the intermittent like the intermittent pages where it's like the TV the news reports, yeah. I love that and that that's a big similarity between that and Watchmen, mm-hmm. with uh, with specifically the just the intercuttings of of obviously certain news things but also with the kid reading the the pirates comic, and like that kind of comes the in Black Freighter yeah and that comes in uh, like you you it's like you you know you see the kid reading it and then you're reading it you know it's actually in the in yeah. the pages itself. And it intertwines with the theme of what's going on at the time in the real world, and uh, that you know that definitely that that similarity was um, was uh, very well that struck me when I was reading Watchmen. But yeah, the the news reports because it really sets the tone. That's what I love about it so much is that these these news reports that you read in between you know the the story of Batman and Jim Gordon and whatever those news reports really. It's world building. That's what it is, mm. and it really puts you in Gotham, and you you really get an idea of what Gotham is like at this time. Mm. And uh, you know, it's the way they they talk about Batman, and the, I, 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 honestly, I think it's uh, that's 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 the biggest thing I took away from this is that these little intermittent pages is where you really kind of get a feel for 
what's actually going on. Mm. It's not just a story about Batman, you know, trying to defeat a villain. You really kind of get a, a whole picture of Gotham and and, it, it and the outside anyway, world. It isn't though anyway because he, he defeats who he set out to defeat, like second issue. Yeah. Well, not second issue because it was obviously issues, but second volume or second second part. He defeats the the mutant guy, you know what I mean? Mm. And then it just goes on from there. It'd be like, right, now he's got to defeat Superman <laughs> in America, yeah. ostensibly. The thing that gets me about it is it starts off very, quite blunt and basic and basic Batman. Like, you know, he's coming out, he's he's, he's going to go out there and he's going to fight crime. And that's it. Well, how long's it, how long's it been? Because they kind of... Uh, ten, ten years, I think. Because at the start, he's just kind of wandering about... I think he says it's been ten years since we've seen the the Batman or eighteen. Years yeah, or yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, it builds up and builds up, and then by the end, it's like a fucking opera. I guess the end, he comes in riding on a fucking horse, and and he's he's you know he's standing there in front of ultimate. He's standing in front of ultimate power and being like. I'm gonna rain down pain upon my god and show him that man can fight back and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, Jesus! Like it started off just with him getting back in the saddle and fighting crime again and showing yeah. that Gotham can sort of take the power back. And it ends with him being like, man can tear down his gods. You know what I mean? You're like, Jesus Christ. Um, speaking of Superman, he's a total. I'm not a fan of Superman anyway, but he's a total wanker. I'm just not a fan of I'm him. sure I said that to you. I'm sure I said you hate Superman, so you'll fucking love this. I love him. I adore Superman. Hey. I just, I just, he's just, like, you know, it's just my opinion about it. He's just boring. He did, you know, a man could do everything. Uh, there's so much more to No, him. I know there is more to him, and I, and I know that, and, you know, it's like, oh. We're not going to get into that. What's funny, what, yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the thing about Superman is that he is. Literally, he can do anything, but his most of his villains are just people. Yeah, they're just people. Mm-hmm. Most, and they 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 hate him so much that they actually saying that when you think about it, it's only really likes Luther. Yeah, I mean the rest of them like Bizarro, Brainiac. That's um, that's why I love Batman so much. It's because that's it's kind of that, but the other way around, where he's just he's just a bloke. Yeah. He's just a bloke. Yeah. I mean, he's just got a lot of money. Yeah. That's his superpower. He's fucking rich. Yeah, he's just, he's loaded. So yeah, he comes in riding on a horse. They all do. Yeah, he now has a fucking group behind him. Uh, you know what? But the visuals didn't put you off. No, no, it's not. Uh, you know what? Admittedly, at first I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is different. Yeah, this is different. Just speaking on the visuals, you know, to go from Guardian Devil, obviously there's 20 years between them, so, you know, we've got to be a bit fair here but there's so much colour and this is just very saturated there's a lot of like pale colours and just black and white and then just little bursts of colour but it's very it does feel like this like the book's been left out in the sun and I've picked it up and gone oh look at this Batman you know what I mean do you know what I mean it's been left out in the sun yeah yeah um, so it did put me off a little bit at the start I was thinking oh shit what's going to be in here this looks really old. There's going to be loads of racist stuff in it. But there's not. <laughs> there's not. I don't think so, anyway. Uh, um, 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. The, I mean, Watchmen has it as well. We'll get to that. Yeah, but the Nazi woman with the assless chaps with <laughs> Nazi logos on it and Nazi logos are covering her tits. Yeah. You're just like, Jesus. But, you know... Yeah, I don't know. They all look like... All the characters, including Bruce Wayne, all the men, including Bruce Wayne and including um, uh, Jim Gordon and that, all look like Tom Selleck. Oh, and and even if it's not the tash, just like just really square chiselled faces. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really good, and yeah, like you say, I don't think the visuals put me off. And uh, my biggest my biggest loves of it were um, female Robin. What did you think towards the writing? Uh, in what sense? Like, did you ever get confused? I don't think so. You followed it quite easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes, it's but not like I, maybe I did it. You know, so sometimes I just gloss over things. I do that in books all the time. I just I gloss over things, and as I'm, <laughs> this is so stupid. I wonder if other people do this. I'm like, I'll be reading a book, right, and I'll read a sentence, and I'll be reading the sentence. I'll be thinking about something else. And then I'll be reading the next sentence thinking I should go back and read that last sentence. And then before I know it, I'm on like, you know, the four sentences back and I'm thinking, I don't know what I just read. <laughs> and then sometimes yeah. I do go back and sometimes I just go like, oh, it'll make sense as I go. Or my yeah. brain will just remember it, you know, because I did technically read it. I just wasn't thinking. Yeah, yeah. But my brain is sitting there somewhere. Um, so maybe a little bit of that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the, <laughs> the main... Um, <laughs> the main uh, plot, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely followed. Okay, cool. there's maybe a couple of things in there that I missed, but you know, I find it quite jarring. Like I've, I've read it a couple of times now. I went back and obviously read it again in preparation for today, and uh, I actually find it quite jarring. Some of the speech bubbles and some of the ways he, he talks, they're just it doesn't seem like they're set out and page right. Right. So it's being like, wait, what sentence comes first? It's just I'll be honest with you. It's not just this book. I have that trouble with a lot. Of, do you with a lot of comics? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I've sussed it now, because a lot of them do follow the same sort of rule. Mm. I, I suppose it makes sense, really, left to right, top to bottom. Yeah, but but, oh, but sometimes, you know, like on a case by case basis, sometimes it'll just be jumbled up, mm. and sometimes I will reread bits. And I'll read them in different orders until it makes sense. And I go, all right, okay, so it's meant to be like that. Yeah, yeah, You know what? We're moving on to Watchmen now. And Watchmen has a very similar ending. We can hold one each here. I know, that's great. Um, Watchmen has a similar ending to The Dark Knight. Bear with me here. And the Rorschach says, do it! (laughs) Do it! Um, No, no, no. No, no, no. It has a similar ending in that... uh, and that it's kind of bittersweet, and it's kind of like it's kind of like the villain sort of leaves you no choice. Mm. It's been a while since I've watched Dark Knight, despite the fact that it is one of my favorite films of all time. And I said that last night when I referenced it when we were watching Nine One One. I was like, <laughs> I need to watch Dark Knight again because it's been so long. Um, the way he does it at the end, Batman takes the fall because. Yep. He knows that the Harvey Dent is the hero that Gotham deserves, and if they, if if they, if the public believed that Harvey Dent was the one that did those those things, 
then you know they, they would lose all hope. So Batman took the fall for it, and that was the whole ending. And it was like you know he did that for the good of Gotham rather than the good of himself. Bear with me here. This is a tenuous link, right? But the, the ending of Watchmen. I, I read this and I finished it, and I was like. I was in bed, and I was reading it, and I finished it, and I put it down, I turned over, I turned the light off, went to sleep, and I just went, okay, I went to sleep, right? And it wasn't until about two days later that I was like doing stuff at work or whatever, and I just couldn't get it out of my mind, and it really fucking dragged me down. <laughs> this en- The ending to this, this fucking novel really wrecked me, man, yeah. <laughs> because it's like... It, it's just it's devastating it's like it's just people died yeah yep but, thousands but, of people but, died so what, what to avert war yes but what he did worked his plan worked that's what he wanted to do yep and he was so delusional how is it you pronounce it Ozymandias 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 uh, I always say Ozymandias Ozymandias or, or Ozymandias um, that always makes me think of the episode of Breaking Bad called Ozymandias um it's in the, the latest season. Because um, it's a Greek thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because uh, there's... Because, like, obviously that's why he's called that. I don't know the, 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 the Greek story. Yeah, it's a, like a fable or whatever it is. or a, a Greek, mytholo- totally Greek mythology. I'm not completely familiar with it. But it's it's used as an episode name for Breaking Bad and it's the similarities between him and, and Walter White. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. But he... he is so delusional. He's, he's he is like a, a, the perfect villain in that he yeah. he believes what he is doing is right, <clears throat> and he believes that it's the trolley problem, isn't it? You know, do you switch the tracks to do you switch the tracks to kill one person and save three, or do you just leave it? I had never heard that until the other day when I was reading something else yeah. entirely yeah. about something that's entirely politically I wouldn't get right, into okay. it but I was reading something and that, that came up and I went oh, I've never heard that before yeah. and then you've now just said it yeah. and literally like that was two days ago and you've now come out with it as if like that's a common thing there. I'm like fucking hell yeah. he's kind of like I mean we're talking about Endgame he's kind of like Thanos mm-hmm. and again Thanos necessary evil a necessary evil yeah he believes what he is doing is right yeah. and that people will thank him for it and people do think they're right think that he's right yeah, well, <laughs> the, well, the the whole subreddit Thanos did nothing wrong was in was in shambles when Endgame released. Yeah, for a whole year they were like, yeah, no, he he did the right thing, and then Endgame released, and they were like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't do the right thing. Um, but yeah, it the ended man, it just completely wrecked me, and and the fact that you know, <laughs> John, uh, Doctor Manhattan, he he didn't really. You know, he didn't really have anything to do with it. But he is completely just devoid of of uh, of sympathy for, for humankind. Yeah, for he me. knows that you know, he knows that what what they are, what human what, what humans are is so minuscule that literally, you know, Ozymandias doing that doing that thing and killing, you know, millions of people doesn't doesn't matter because it's just such a minuscule blip on the on in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. and he is completely unsympathetic towards towards everything that happens at the end. Yeah, almost almost like he didn't have anything to do with it, but almost like he he is a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I I do really like the ending where he sort of then goes, okay, I'm going to go find a new um, 
a new galaxy, one less complicated. Yeah. Um, I'm just at that page now, and he then goes to disappear, and Ozymandias, is the smartest man alive. Obviously, has doubts in what he did, because he says, "John, wait before you leave. I did the right thing, didn't I? It all worked out in the end." And he says, "Nothing ends, Adrian. Nothing ever ends." And he disappears. And it's it's his line, John. Wait, what do you mean by? And he's gone. <coughs> so he obviously does have some doubts about what he did. But once it's too late. Yep. Once they're all fucking dead, every one of them, comedian, yeah. the world, everything. And it's um. Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really didn't like that. But you know what? It's probably because it Rorschach, Rorschach was my favorite character. Right. Um. He was when I watched the film. Now, by the way, let me just say that I watched the film when it came out. Mm-hmm. What, 2007? Something like that? Um, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep when oh, I was fuck. watching now, it. Now you're asking the million dollar question. 2006, 2007. Right, I think around about that time. 2008? Uh, I, I, I think I fell asleep. <clears throat> I want to say. I think I fell asleep watching it. Or maybe I was just kind of. Because it's three hours long, man. And, uh, is it? It's a long film. I don't. Maybe not three hours long. I, see I haven't. Well. I haven't watched it since, since that that time. So if it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah. we're talking 10, 11, 12 years ago. I haven't watched it since. I want to rewatch it now that I've read the the graphic novel. It's I don't remember. A lot. I don't remember anything. It's missing a lot. It's got a lot of the beats. But well, Rorschach doesn't die, does he? Two thousand nine. Yeah, he does. Does he? Two thousand nine. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he die at the end? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Because yep. I remember I, him going into I always remember a window or something Night like that. Owl's face. I always remember that guy getting on his knees going, <laughs> which doesn't happen in here. No. He just dies. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Night so I, I do want to rewatch the film. Um, fucking bastards took it off of Netflix, didn't they? And, and that, that's another thing as well. Like I said, Rorschach, definitely my favourite character. I, I think he's brilliant. Right. And I, I loved. You know, Doctor Manhattan kills him at the end. He vaporizes him, and it's like he kind of had no choice because to keep to, again in in the same vein of um, the Dark Knight. This is where my ten years late was going. It's in that you know to keep it is a horrible thing what's <laughs> happened, and it's it's devastating. But by pointing out that it was a person that did it would completely you know it's happened now these people are dead now yeah so you know the only choice we have is to, to follow the plan and to, to keep it going as okay aliens are invading from other dimensions so people band together the, the nations band together and war ends yeah Rorschach sticks to his guns he never gives it that's what he says I'm going I, I never give up never no matter what happens you never give up you never you know put aside something that you believe in you you stick to it and that's what gets him killed so yeah he kind of had to die for it to for it to still go through and then that that ending that ending panel of you know they're not having anything to put in the paper and he's like oh just do it yourself and he goes and gets the diary from yeah. under the pile of papers that's how it ends and then you're just left to your own imagination. Like, do those words get printed? You know, what happens after that? He doesn't fucking pick up the diary either. No, his hand goes towards it. Yeah, but he could have just picked up one of those letters. He could have, yeah. And that's, that's the problem, isn't it? 
that's the, well, not, not the problem but that's that's the genius in it I think the film I think that's where it got fucking slated as well is it in the film I think he actually does pick up the diary right and that's but it but I'm sure again my memory might be failing here but when that whole scene plays out and the guy's going for the diary is it not Rorschach that's like reading the diary like over yeah that in yeah, the yeah. film yes he's, yes. Re- he's reading like the the actor who plays Rorschach his voice is reading excerpts from the diary yeah. whilst that whole scene is playing out yes. while the guy's going for the yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one thing that I do remember um, yeah I will need to watch that again because I'll be interested to see um, because I now like watching things after reading the comic mm-hmm. and uh, you know a recent example was X-Men Dark Phoenix <laughs> and I might as well have not bothered because <laughs> that film <laughs> is a- absolutely <laughs> just uh, insult uh, to, to modern cinema but you know uh, this I mean I've only just I just went straight to the end in there because I'm still reeling off of this like you know it was a while ago now that I finished it but I'm still reeling off of this I was speaking about it to um, my um, my tattoo artist I was just there you know on Saturday that's when I got that done we were talking about it and it, it, I'm still reeling off of it and that's that's my that's something that has always kind of you know it knows you you know you've struck something there when you you, you read something or you watch something or you, you consume something Still that sticks with you yeah, yeah sticks with you i mean, I mean you, you know that i'm a very big fan of the video game the last of us the ending to that stuck with me for for ages and it still does a wee bit mm. even though there's a part two coming out now but that you know, it's very similar in that it's bittersweet. It's like you don't really know what happens after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's just it really does stick with you, and I just um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about Endgame. You know, you know, I, I've got I've got issues with it, but I do like it as a whole. But there's a reason why I prefer Infinity War because it ends and the bad guy wins, and then that's it. Yeah. It just ends and it's like you know and for that whole year between Infinity War and Endgame it was just it was crazy for me because it was just like what happens what happens do you need to know what happens was Endgame necessary no but they like to tie off stuff don't they yeah you, you've got to tie it off but what if they just left it what if they just left it that would be one of the biggest cliffhangers of all time uh, mental yeah it's quite funny because I tend to find that people talk about and make a cult following behind things more if they're left unfinished. Yeah, yeah. So, like, see your Serenity and Firefly and stuff like that. Like, it seemed like there was meant to be more to it, but nope. Like, and there's now a massive cult following behind it. Yeah. There's, 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 there's loads of examples of that shows that have been cancelled halfway through with cliffhangers and they've just now the fan base is huge because yeah. it was left on a on a note of like what happens see once these things get found out I tend to find a lot of the fan base drops off like there was such a huge following behind Deadwood for the longest time because it ended on a massive cliffhanger and got cancelled and then they've done the film now and ended everything now as much as it was received very nicely by fans I've never heard fuck all about it since no. and yet no. before that film came out there's no getting away from it. No. Like, you would hear from Deadwood fans fucking everywhere. Now, yeah. I don't, I'd never hear a thing because now they know the end. Yeah. They and now know it. how it all finished. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
they now know it so they're closure. like oh that's cool closure, closure. yeah I'll stop talking about it yeah I'll stop talking about it now yeah there's no discussion there's no point anymore because that's, it ends discussion that's funny because yeah it ends discussion exactly there's still a lot of discussion that you could get to around Endgame um, you, you know with with certain things but my favourite part about that year between Infinity War and Endgame was all the was, discussion leading up to it was, was just debates on like you know what would actually happen if if the, half the universe disappeared, you know what happened to these people? What happened to you know cities and infrastructures when half the people disappear? Half the people don't turn up for work the next day. You know all these different things that like people were coming up with little theories and stuff like that. That was so exciting. And then Endgame came out, and you know whatever happened happened. This, and then this piece know. of literature, so yeah, that this has Watchmen. actually sparked off a lot over the years, and it it just. It is like you know what? Honestly, that ending, the ending to Watchmen, just completely. Have you got prose in yours, by the way? Have you got prose pieces in yours? What do you mean? Like, have you got bits of like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did yeah, you read same that? Same thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I didn't. Did you not? No, I find it such a slog. Oh, absolutely! It t- it breaks up the. I just can't. I can't. Is there some... I remember getting to the first bit. I think it was this, this one. Sounds, this sounds this sounds. Mason under the hood, and you're reading it, and you're like, "What the fuck am I reading this for?" It's the yeah, it's the book. It's the book that they're talking about, but it's I can't read. Like, there's a disconnect to me. I can read a book, right? I can sit and fucking read a novel, no, yeah. no end. But see if I get handed effectively parts of a novel through a comic. I just can't. I find it's such a slog. Yeah. I'm just like Jesus. It just slows it down too much for me. I would. I would like, usually. Oh, I would usually when I got to one of those bits. That's where I would sort of put it down and and, and go to sleep. I usually read these in bed before. before yeah, I, I, would just, I would just skip ahead to the next. Right. Okay. No, I I like to. I, I like don't to, think. So I don't want to miss anything. When I was younger, I don't think they had them in it. I think they've been added afterwards. You reckon? Yeah, I think they have. I can't actually remember that much. I can't remember that much, that that much in detail, because a lot of the time when I was reading this when I was younger, I wasn't actually reading a lot of the words. I was just looking at the images and being like, "Jesus," yeah. I mean, like as a kid, yeah. Like, um, which might add, like some of the visuals in this are just fucking stunning. Yeah, stunning. Dave Gibbons is an incredible artist, but the colors and everything in this are just. Utterly unreal. <laughs> you know what, John Higgins as well. It's funny because uh, the colours are beautiful. Doctor Manhattan's blue. It's yeah, just, it, it's so you know striking. Funny? <laughs> he doesn't actually have a glow off of him, right? The colours are on that page. I know, I know. Uh, you know, he doesn't actually have a glow off of him at all in a lot of the pages, right? And yet, you can. It's like you can almost see a glow off of him. And you look at it like there's no glow there. It's just stars and him looking out. But you can. But it's almost like you feel an emanation of something coming off of him. You know what I mean? That's 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 proof of one good art, but two good colouring, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I love this uh, chapter four, I think it is, and it's the whole the story of Doctor Manhattan. The whole bit is the story. Of how he became Doctor Manhattan. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I love that that was so late in the book as yeah. well. Beautiful Mars scenes as well, all yeah. pink and dusky pinks, yeah. and goes with his blue and the big glass building and stuff. It's fucking gorgeous. 
Uh, did you? It's s- funny because sorry, we were just talking yeah. about Dark Knight Returns, and it's funny that you know you looked it up and these came out in the same year. Because if you didn't tell me that, I would have said this came out years after that because of the the color and the and the art, you know. Yeah, and that it's just two different artists. Yeah, I know, I get that. But you, you look same at that company, and you think, you, you look at that and you think, you know, how can that look like that? Both, both DC. So... Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Well, think about that. Both of them coming out around about the same time from yeah. the same company. Yeah. Coming out in issues as well. Yeah. So you were walking into a Forbidden Planet or whatever, and these two were competing on the shelf at the same. Competing time. for your, you know, dollar or whatever. Imagine that. Yeah. That would never happen these days. No. No way. No. This is my favourite. Yeah, the, what I was going to say there a second ago is that the, the end to this, you know, the, pretty much only just gravitated towards the end, but the end to this book really does uh, make make the whole thing. I'll, I'll be honest, reading some of this, like like you say, the the the, re, the text bits, you know, the, the fucking wall of text that you get, you know, in between chapters. It, you know, I, I I do read it because you know I always pretty much read everything just in case I don't miss anything but uh, you know there are bits of this where I, I was kind of dragged a little bit I was like oh god you know and it's it's it is a slow it's a slow burn mm. it's a slow burn it takes a while to get going um, but you know once I got sort of once I got near the like uh, telling you man once I got, I got to the end and started reading that and, and got to the very end I was like that was incredible the whole yeah. thing was incredible <laughs> But up until the end, when I really didn't actually know what was going to happen, because it takes a while for it to really reveal that Ozymandias is the guy that's behind it, behind it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really does take a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, like pretty much the last couple of chapters, like the last couple of fucking pages. Mm. Um, you know, for the whole thing, you're just reading through it, and all these things happen, and it goes back in the past, and it is it is good, and it's intriguing, and it keeps you reading it. But it, I did feel a bit sort of, you know, down at points reading this. But once I got to the end, I thought, wow, that was just a masterpiece. That was incredible. And uh, I kind of want to read it again, to be honest. <laughs> because reading it, reading all those, reading the start, you know, knowing how it ends and knowing what everything happens, it, you know, I probably have a different outlook on it. Yeah. So I think I will read it again. I did ask, I did ask folk if they could suggest some stuff to you okay but at the time I never wrote them down and it's you know one of those the tweets are so far back that I don't know where they are now somebody did say I think Alan Henderson who does Penguin strips he uh, he did say Darwin Cook Parker books Uh, so I'm hoping this time around with these three and with the other ones at the back of it that they'll be able to suggest some stuff kind of thing and now that you've said as well that you've you've just been given your stuff as opposed to not really seeking it out sort of thing yeah um, yeah I'm hoping some folk will come out with some good suggestion, suggestions in the meantime you got I some have, homework for me I have some I have three books that's not some homework it's three books if you want to read them but you can if you just think they look like a pile of shite then just go nah mate <laughs> uh, I'm going to read anything man I picked out three I've given you one deviation and two familiars. Okay. Uh, just because you said you were going to stick to what you knew kind of thing just now. Yeah. 
But you open to reading other stuff. Yeah. Right, cool. So, in keeping with the, uh, the Dark Knight Returns kind of thing, Batman, Year One, Frank Miller, Dave Mazzucchelli. Okay. You'll notice, if you ever read anything newer, uh, that Dave Mazzucchelli, off of Batman Year One, his style of drawing is very much aped in a lot of comic books. And is he's such a big influence on folk. Batman Year One. I'll give you the deviation next. Okay. Be very careful with this one because it's signed. <laughs> okay. Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, The Wicked and the Divine. <laughs> I think you, sh- you, of all people, will really enjoy this. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you much on it because uh, I'm, I'm letting you go in cold. On okay. Well, that's cool. That's, uh, seems interesting. And familiar... And quite a big one as well. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wade. I've got three volumes of this, so if you really enjoy this, I'll give you the next one. Right. Uh, Mark Wade and Paolo Rivera. Uh, Daredevil. Okay. Hardback. <laughs> so be careful with that one as well. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. I've got um, I've got three hardbacks of them. So. Daredevil. So you want to give me a rundown on this one? No. No? No, just go straight in. Yep, just batter in, mate. It's fun. It's actually just genuinely fun. Right. Well, I think so, anyway. It's not as... There is sort of brooding Matt in amongst it, but I think he's more... He's more fun Matt. Okay. Throughout it. Cool. And considering you've read Born Again and Guardian Devil, I think that's going to be a fucking breath of fresh air, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. There's bits of it you'll be like, fucking hell. Because it goes into like the psyche and stuff at some points, but as, as they do. But, a bit more yeah, upbeat. I think a bit more upbeat, yeah, definitely. Good okay. good dynamic action cool. and stuff. Cool. But yeah, I think you'll enjoy them. Yeah, for real. Oh, <laughs> right, I'm good. send us any comments or questions or just to say hello. You can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher, and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter, at Joan Edam. And you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.